Welcome to the Theo Pop Culture Smackdown. Yes. The part of the week where we debate the merits of a particular pop culture artifact. Could be a TV show, a book, a meme, with intro music by Dr. Brian Doak. <laughs> I feel like it's getting better. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. I think by the end we're going to have like oh, orchestral music. All right, friends. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Smackdown. We are talking this week about creation, about Genesis 1 through 11. And boy, have we got an artifact for you this week. We do, we do, we do. We have Ark Encounter, the search for Noah's Ark. There is a place that you can go, and I would love to go there, but we can't mm -hmm. right now. But I would love to go to Noah's Ark, a life-sized reconstruction of the Ark in Kentucky. In Kentucky, um, have you been to Kentucky? I have several I have. times, actually. Have you? I have. Maybe not several Beautiful. times. I've been Beautiful. through it. Gorgeous state. Gorgeous mm -hmm. state. And so the artifact is a life-size replica. We're looking at it online now. You can go to arkencounter.com. We'll we'll link it on the in the in the metadata in the uh, podcast. So it is amazing. It. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. They really did do it. They really did build an ark according to I guess what they think are the biblical um, proportions. Yes, and you can go there, you can see it, you can tour it, yep. you can, um, you can, looks like there's cool things for kids to do, you can play and well, build stuff. Yeah, there's building stuff, there's probably mm -hmm. like some coloring and stuff. I would and love got, to go. Now, this is our artifact, and, and, and this is going to be our debate, is should Christians be searching for Noah's Ark? Is it that kind of story like we should expect to find an actual physical Ark boat on Mount Ararat? Or is that, in fact, the total wrong approach? But we're not just talking about this Ark Encounter site. There's also, as you can see, there's a constellation, I think, mm -hmm. of stuff uh, around this culturally, right? Oh, for sure. And I have many memories, I'm sure you do too, of every now and then there are TV specials about the search for Noah's yes. Ark. And I, yes. I have a childhood memory of oh, you do. falling for one of these things. Oh. This was back in the day before there were lots of TV options. And so it was like a three hour <laughs> marathon. And that is how I learned how they do like cliffhangers before commercials because yes. I kept waiting for them to find You're whatever like, it was. And they, yes, I, I they never found it. I remember seeing these things too, where it's like they, they, you know, they would show like very grainy, almost like satellite image mm -hmm. of something that was very suggestive. And like, is this the would, real thing? Right, you would zoom in on it. Mm -hmm. And so we're not just talking about this Ark Encounter website and the actual physical place in Kentucky, but an entire constellation of, of, of websites, mm -hmm. of YouTube videos, of all kinds of theories and, and different kinds of explorations and claims. Trying to find the real. Trying to find yes. the real Ark. So, um, so, okay, so what is it exactly that, what is the pro and con? What are we arguing about? One of us will argue that, yes, the Christian duty is to search for Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. And another of us will argue, no, Christians should not spend their time searching for Noah's Ark. And we are going to flip a coin I will be doing the coin toss since you do the musical style. Oh, you're just taking over the coin toss. Now. I am. I am. You're just like, I'm doing the coin toss. I guess last time I just said I'm doing it. Yeah. There was no conversation. I was just doing it. You're just lucky that I'm not taking over the music too. Oh, wah, the music. You cannot... I thought you were going to have a musical cue. I actually, I actually tried to, but I didn't have the screen <laughs> up. But guess what? Now I do. <laughs> okay. That's the coin toss music. Okay. So you call it. Okay, 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 okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Tails never fails. I call tails. Okay. And it's tails. Oh, it's your choice. Yay. 
Which position will you take up, Dr. Brian Doak? This is tough. This is tough. I'm going to take the pro position. I'm going to argue pro on this. Okay. That Christians should be searching for the literal Noah's Ark. Okay. So students, as you will remember, Dr. Doak will have three minutes. I will have three minutes. Then we will discuss for round five, Mm -hmm. and then we will reveal our true position Mm -hmm. on whether or not Christians should search for Noah's Ark. Are you going to time me? I am. Okay. Tell me when to start. Start whenever you're ready. Okay. Here's my argument. Um, Okay. (laughs) Scripture, the Bible, on incarnational terms, when we think of Jesus as being both fully God and fully human has a body and a spirit. The Bible does, which means that there's an analogy to this, which means you can read the Bible always as both literal and allegorical, both, even at the same time. We don't want to get carried away though. I think as Christians with merely symbolic readings, because that strips scripture of its body, its words and its material reference. So I'm using an analogy here to the Christian doctrine of the incarnation. You wouldn't want Jesus as not a human. That's not the incarnation. That's not Jesus. Nor would you want to strip Jesus of the spiritual and and the God elements either. You want them both, right? So we can see scripture like this, um, as well. And so anytime we search for something materially, we do archaeology, digging in the ground, searching for things like that. We are doing a worthy task. Okay. Archaeology is awesome. Um, I've done some archaeological work um, as a scholar of the Bible and it's, it's super fun. It's amazing. It brings the Bible to life in new ways. Um, um, uh, and so we shouldn't assume, by the way, I think as readers of the Bible, we shouldn't assume that anything is out of the question for historical exploration. We can't just say, oh, something can't be real or this must be real or whatever. If we want evidence pro or con, we should search for things. And so I think anytime we engage in a worthy, honest scientific exploration of something like this, we're doing a worthy, honest thing as people of, of faith. Um, you know, if we found Noah's Ark, it would be the discovery of not just the century or a lifetime, but like the greatest discovery of all time, pretty much. Um, but, you know, and here's something in the Bible, too. There are no clear lines in the Bible between what is, quote, history as a genre and what is something else. The Bible speaks in many voices and many genres. We can't just assume that we know right away. Everything needs to be explored. And so I'm for exploration on this front. Um you know, and what could be more important than, than verifying h- historical authenticity? Yes, such a search comes with a risk. If you do real scientific exploration, you have to also admit then that your results could be something that you didn't want or expect. And that's true too. But that's just part of the scientific process that, um, that Christians as, as scholars, as thoughtful people um, going about their working out their faith um, and their life need to engage in. And so for those reasons, I say stick, you know, literal is good. Literal readings are good. Don't strip scripture of its body and doing archaeological searches and a quest for physical material reality is a worthy thing to do. Wow. Okay. You had like 15 or 20 seconds oh, okay. to go. We're getting good that at was this. excellent. Okay. okay. All, right. All, right. All right. I've got you ready. You tell me. You are hearing the con. Whenever you're ready, you may begin. Okay. I have several reasons why Christians should not search for Noah's Ark. The first is an, an order of priority. First, I'm just going to say, listen, there are a lot of other way more important things that Christians should be doing with their time. There's poverty, hunger, disease, war. Um, There are like stewardship issues with creation. Like Christians 
have a lot of stuff to do in partnership with the saving work of Jesus Christ. And finding one small detail of a really huge book is not necessarily high on the list. I'm not saying that it should never be done, but there are a lot more important things that we should be doing. Second, the emphasis on looking for the ark, I think it assumes that the truth or the authority or the applicability of the Bible is subject to or dependent on the sciences, in this case, archaeology, but like as part of a broader kind of scientific enterprise. And science is awesome and good, and God made our brains to work in that way and to accomplish many things. But the scriptures should always be authoritative over the sciences, not the other way around. And like this quest, these kinds of quests that you see on the, like this Noah's Ark site, tend to emphasize the idea that the finding the ark would somehow prove that the Bible is true or truer than other people, especially outsiders. Like it, it gets used as a way of like witnessing to the world. Um, but that's not how Christians should approach the Bible. We live in this overly empirical sciencey age. And I would argue that these quests, like investing so much time and energy into these quests, it robs us of the multitude of ways to interpret the text and to be blessed by the scriptures. So like, allegorical, mystical readings of the scriptures are not popular now because we live in a really science oriented age, like STEM and the sciences is all everybody seems to want to care about. But the vast majority of Christians throughout the ages have used way more tools than that. So these searches actually kind of de-emphasize the vast beauty of methods of interpreting the Bible. And what will we find, you know, if we actually find the ark, um, what will that do for us that reading the scriptures can't do? Are we trying to find the bones of Noah or something to confirm it? There's only like one human being's bones that would really disrupt things if we found them. And that's the person of Jesus. He's like the historical fact that for Christians is the major, major historical fact. So people have been searching for this and uh, for a long time. And the search for the ark can do as much harm as it can good. I don't know. How am I doing on time? You have 10 seconds. Okay. Um, here's the last one. Truth is not just limited to history. I think that there are lots of things that can be true. Um, the flood and uh, its many lessons is not necessarily true because it's historically verifiable. The end. And scene. And scene. <laughs> okay. Now we get to discuss. Okay. There was a really good point that you made, I thought, um, early on which is you talked about the incarnational value of scripture. And I think that's something that gets under talked about. And you yeah. basically claim that this kind of search is a way of affirming the, the embodied nature of the scripture. I thought that was a really strong point. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I liked your point about, um, you know, just about saying like we live in this kind of age where science is, is sort of like the prestige language mm. of our time. And there's kind of like this sense like, oh, that's just the sole arbiter of, of everything that's true. Mm. Yeah, but thanks. It's not, you know, so I agree, I agree with that, actually. But now, OK, we have to continue the debate in yes. our personas of our argued stances. Uh huh. I have a bone to pick with you. OK. OK. Saying that this is not like, OK, OK, the point that Jesus is. Talking about the resurrection and Jesus, obviously that's the center of faith. Obviously that's the most important. <laughs> you are on solid ground with yes, that. Yes, I know. Solid ground. 
but then okay like the flood story is a pretty serious story too like it's not like we're trying to prove you know some minor detail about a character in like the book of judges or something like that like this is like noah this is noah's ark this is a big deal okay a well big story i would argue back that th- that there's plenty of historical evidence of flooding right like including a- other ancient stories that talk about major floods mm-hmm. so like the 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 historicity of the flood has already been proven by multiple attestation. Like other ancient peoples have talked about floods and then also through like archeological evidence. So I don't know what like finding this one particular boat would do that we don't already know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it was, it was pretty much common knowledge, which is not to say historical, but just like ancient Near Eastern people took it for granted that there was a major flood and that, you know, older, very old Mesopotamian cultures have, have stories like this. That's totally true. I mean, I think what we want to know about the Bible though, is like, what kind of story is the Bible's exact story, right? Not just, I mean, and the fact that multiple cultures tell a story too could just mean that it's been disseminated from one group to another. Like it could mean that one group was influenced by another and tells it. So in other words, it's kind of like hearsay in a a legal Mm, sense, right? Okay, okay. Well, what about, do you think that the Bible, like the canon itself, if we look at the canon as this this group of writings that have been curated over time by lots of Christians Mm -hmm. and um, does the Bible itself call back for the ark? Like, do we need to know, like, is Noah a big enough deal? Yeah. I hear what you're saying. You know, I hear what you're saying. Maybe not. But if you, but, but this is my point is like, if you wanted to go major reduction on mm -hmm. that point, like, well, what really, really, really ultimately does matter. It's like a lot of stuff would fall by the wayside. Like, um, you know, you could put you could put almost like any story or character into that. Maybe you'd have to get a character like as we'll get to later in the course, like David. Like we need David to be a real guy because if Jesus is in the lineage of David, I think David would be higher priority. David Although higher Noah's priority. a big one, though, right? Because the the Noah covenant, mm-hmm. I think I think you could argue that yes, it is big and important. Mm-hmm. But I think that the the lessons of the of the narrative, I don't know if if like the boat itself mm-hmm. needs to be marked. Like there right. are lots of different things. I don't know if, about you, but like as a kid, I used to listen to, or I mean, I used to read the Bible and they'd talk about how like they made a, a monument to this and it's still there to this day. Well, I didn't oh, know yeah, yeah. that this day wasn't my day. Right. You know, so I was like right? imagining myself time. going yeah. out and looking. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, well, now I don't want to back myself into arguing for your point, but <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, great. but I just, I don't know that the arc, I, it's funny to me. What's interesting to me um, is why the arc has captured people's imagination mm-hmm. because there are all these other markers. Like, right. why aren't we looking for like Jacob's bones? That to me is really interesting. Like, well, I'd like to see where Jacob and Leah are buried, you right, know, right. not just because I'm named after You're named after Leah. You got to find your namesake. Yeah. I think, but, okay. But the problem is finding a single guy's bones. I mean, Howard, like the arc, I think the thing about the arc is that it's big, right? And we know what Mount Ararat is. Mm-hmm. And so if it's so big, we're bleeding. That's true. We're bleeding now into the after discussion. Okay. So okay. After we've, we've had the argument. There's so much here. I'm, I I realize every time that we talk about something for this course, whether it's podcast or course videos, I just realize how many avenues we could take. I know. We how never really get to all. We of never them. Never really. And we I know how disappointing it is. Service. But at least we're trying. At least yes. we're getting there. Okay. It's time for the big reveal. What are our actual positions? What do you think? 
Dr. Brian Doak, archaeology pro. Wait, well, you have to tell the students where you've done oh, digs. Oh, I did some archaeology at Ashkelon, Israel, cool. which is on the southern coast. Um, did you find anything? Oh, yeah, lots of stuff. Oh, that's neat. What was the coolest thing you found? Oh, like buried human remains. <gasps> Whoa, you found that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. In fact, I was part of a small team. We just happened to be in the in the right spot. So you got to kind of like deal with the, with the remains and the finds that were in your section. Oh, in my neat. section, there was actually a buried child. Oh. A very young child. Oh yes. my goodness! Yeah, wow. a very, a, the very young child was actually buried within a, a like a jar within a house because this was this sounds a little creepy, but actually the idea of if keeping, you have an infant who's dying yeah. and keeping it near you and so on, I totally get is that. a burial custom that some people have done. And so in this particular space, we think it wasn't Israelites who lived there, but rather it was Philistines. Philistines are po- come into play. The opponents of Israel. yeah, yeah, in the uh, in the books of Samuel, which we'll get to um, when we talk about you know the rise of the kingship and all that stuff. Like Goliath was a Philistine. So we were in a place like that. And so there was that, but there was also just like pottery. And ah, that's amazing. It was so, so it was like a life changingly cool. Wow. Okay. So I, I forget where that. we were going. With we that are question. revealing. Yeah. Yeah. What is your position? You have been on archeology span adventures. Should we look for it? <sighs> look, here's, I, I agree with, I'll tell you, I agree with one aspect of my argument very strongly, and okay. I'll, I'll, rec- I'll clarify what that argument is. The idea that we should see scripture, I think, on incarnational terms. Jesus was God and human. Scripture is literal and allegorical or, or literal and symbolic that we should read on the, both those levels. I like that. Mm-hmm. However, there's a proviso, mm-hmm. and this might seem like a kind of cheap escape clause that I have here, but I actually believe this, and so this is a scholarly point, so take it or leave it. The word literal in the history of Christian interpretation, though, doesn't is not to be equated with the word history. Mm. The word literal just means reading by the letters etymologically. In other words, in other words, if, if, if scripture says, you know, Moses walked upon the road, it just means in the story that's being told that Moses walked upon the road. Not that not that you, the reader, are taking a mystical spiritual journey along a path and, you know, da, 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 da. Yeah. So, yeah. But but. Literal can thus mean just on the narrative level. It still does not clarify what the genre is, the genre of history. I still like the idea, though, of literal readings and always preserving them because as a scholar, the literal gets you into language. Right. It gets you into archaeology. It gets you into the text in a way that I would not want to merely say, ah, Genesis 1 through 11. It's because it happened so long ago and because many of these stories maybe have these deep symbolic meanings, which I definitely think that they do. Um, And maybe they're not history as the genre we call history today, which I don't think they are. You could mistake that, though, for meaning that we should just ditch any kind of literal reading strategy, meaning that everything had to have, you know, some kind of mystical or arcane meaning or something like that. And I don't think that. I think some of the stuff is like to read it literally means reading according to the plain sense of the text. So I do agree with that. I don't think that that means that we have to read the Noah's Ark story, though, as literal. I This is can I make a confession to you sure. about this? to you in the world, I guess. When I have seen stories of people searching for Noah's Ark. It actually hurts my faith. Oh, wow. I'll tell you why. I, too, like you said, I grew up with hearing about these stories about people searching for the Ark. And I remember one in particular that happened, I think, when I was in high school or maybe I was in college, actually. This takes me right here with you, students. I'm with you, okay? I'm in college. I'm, I'm searching out what's true. And there was a big story, a splash that came on that a group has claimed to find Noah's Ark. And they even had video footage of them exploring mm-hmm. inside the Ark on Mount mm-hmm. Ararat. Mm-hmm. It turned out later, though, that they, it was, this was a Christian group, by the way. They actually faked the whole thing. Sad. They faked the video. They faked. Ugh. And now just because some people did the wrong thing and faked it doesn't mean that everything's wrong. I'm acknowledge- or that, you know, we can't see this as an historical story. I'm not arguing for that. 
And I, I do actually agree with my argument that, in fact, we do have to explore. We can't just make wild assumptions and say, oh, well, that story's stupid. It can't be history. And I, I, I don't believe that at all. But I do believe at some point it's like we actually hurt faith when we keep insisting on something against plain evidence like that. Or even, mm. as in the case of the story I'm telling, make like fake evidence. I mean, that just hurts faith. Like, I don't I think that we have to be serious with ourselves and we have to we have to be honest. We have to have better integrity than that. And Mount Ararat is a limited place that we do know about. This arc was pretty big. And I think if something like that still existed, you could probably find it and a lot of people have looked. So I think that that's kind of a problem for for reading the story that way and for arguing that we should definitely always be looking for the arc, maybe, but expecting to find it. I, you know, so that's me. Okay. Dr. Payne. Okay. What is your real view? My real view. I forgot the music. Sorry. Oh, that's right. What's your real view? (laughs) Drum roll. (laughs) My real view is close to the first point that I made, which is I don't see these searches as being terribly high priority Mm. on the list. Mm -hmm. When Jesus says to his, and I should have said this in my argument, when Jesus says to his disciples, go into the world, Mm -hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and go make disciples. Mm -hmm. That, he, Jesus doesn't say, and go prove that everything that I said and did, even even Jesus, um, is scientifically verifiable. Why? Because science as we know it now, like the the approach and the discipline and the way that we think about those things just did not exist Mm -hmm. in the ancient world. And it's Mm -hmm. actually a very recent Mm -hmm. um, development in terms of like, human knowledge and how we acquire it and how we um, like talk about it. And so I guess when I see, so I'm going to put my American religious history hat on Mm -hmm. right now. And when I see these quests, what I see is a, a longer, like, like about a hundred years or so old approach Mm. to like, Actually, uh, and it's an approach to Christian witness. So the idea is if we can prove that one part of the Bible, in this case, the Ark, is scientifically verifiable according to like this approach to science that is a, a relatively young discipline, mm. then we'll be able, then we're witnessing mm. to like the truth of the Bible, the truth mm. of the Christian life. And I'm a historian. And so I just say that that's kind of like a young approach. Uh. So my my thought is like, I do think we actually kind of have better things to do with our time as Christians. Not, no, not better. But then here, now I'm going to argue with myself and kind of come around to your side, which is why not look for it, right? <laughs> like there's like beauty and truth and fun in yeah. these kinds of quests. And so the one thing that I wouldn't want to have happen, and you probably know the story of this more than I do, which is that, um, I don't know, a, a long a long while ago, archaeologists and biblical scholars were working together with like a lot of enthusiasm and optimism. And they right. were like, we're going to find like, let's find Solomon's temple. The Bible right. talks a lot about that. Let's find it. Right. And then they thought they found something. And then it turned out it was like a horse stable or something like that. And it was really, really disillusioning, like you said, like mm-hmm. how, you know, and that would be the one thing that I wouldn't want to have happen. But the other optimistic side of me is like, why not explore the world that God made and that is talked about in the bible so i guess it's like if it doesn't hurt you know as long as we're taking care of some other like critical tasks that the scriptures talk call us to like justice and love and mercy you're all about the priorities yeah yeah to me it's a tiered system so that makes a lot of sense to me yeah it's i guess we don't like we're not you know like coming down one way or the other yeah um 
But I think a lot of these debates, there's going to be some nuance there. Totally. Part of the fun, though, is kind of like taking a strong position, then learning from the other person. I think it's true. I think it's also helpful for students to know here that from a very early period in Christian history, reading stories literally, even historically in that sense of the word Mm -hmm. literal, Mm -hmm. but also reading them with spiritual meanings that maybe weren't even totally grounded in history at all were both legitimate real christian reading strategies and you can study the history of interpretation in a much more deep way and see that that's true and so one thing i feel very hesitant to do is to look at one of those sides and tell them that they have no place in christian reading because they don't because they both do have a place um and both are legitimate christian reading strategies and a person can even do both at the same time it just depends like how you do it i think one one of the things that we talked about earlier in the in the week for the need to know more section is that um we should bring all of ourselves mm-hmm. and all of human capacity mm-hmm. to engage with the scriptures totally. so if it is in this kind of traditional like we're going to archaeology the bible into truth mm-hmm. or if it's in like older traditions of like symbolic interpretations those those are all things that we should bring what a great point to end on 